If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Beyond the Paper Gown, hosted by Dr. Mitzi Krakover, helps people think critically about women's health issues, encouraging them to question and explore the complexities of healthcare systems, scientific advancements, and societal norms. There's a really cool episode that you should check out called Midday Menopause App. And that's about how AI and sensor technology can provide personalized interventions to manage menopause symptoms effectively. Check out Beyond the Paper Gown on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. Welcome. This is Medicine in America, a podcast that will share the stories of physicians and other healthcare professionals who are changing the way they practice. We will hear what made them realize they had to reinvent and rethink their approach to treating patients. My name is Anthony Manson. I'm a 20-year-plus veteran of the healthcare industry, and I'm being joined today by my co-host and longtime friend and colleague, Todd Harrington. Hi, everyone. We're excited. Today, we have a special guest, Dr. Donna Coriel. She's a powerhouse, and she is an innovator and creator and social media pro. And she's leading the charge for healthcare professionals to really leverage social media in very interesting and powerful ways. She currently runs a site called doctorsonsocialmedia.com, or she calls it SomiDocs. So Dr. Coriel, do you want to just start off and tell us what the mission of doctorsonsocialmedia.com is? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me on and for that warm introduction. Really excited to be here and see where the discussion leads. I am building a healthcare innovation hub. At the crux of it, my goal is to basically optimize the digital footprints of the doctors of today. And the reason is fairly simple and straightforward that the online world is really increasingly where we are communicating. So I hope that was nutshell enough. There's so much going on social media today. And I, I noticed one of your posts the other day just about the new platform on Meta, which is Threads, which is taking on Twitter. It's a lot of work for doctors to do social media, isn't it? I mean, do you get pushback when you talk to them about it? Like, when am I going to find the time to do that? Yet, I think the benefits to them are great. And I just wonder if you could talk a little bit about kind of the conversations you have with docs. As 100%. Why yes. they need to do it and why they don't think they could do it. <laughs> so, yes. First of all, I love that you're asking this. I could speak about this for hours. In fact, I've always contemplated writing books, but again, where's the time, right? So, yes, I get pushback all the time. Firstly, because doctors don't even understand how they could benefit from doing it. Forget the actual doing it, right? So, you need to get past that hurdle of why should I even do it? But even when you get past that hurdle, it's now that I I'm ready to do it. Where do I go? It's so overwhelming. There are so many options. I don't have time. So these are all aspects that I have tackled in the last few years in not only being a doctor myself and tackling them so long ago, but now passing on my knowledge and skills in trying at least to help physicians like myself to do that. And again, I could talk about it for a long time. So I'm trying to just focus on the important thing. The main thing I want to say is why, right? Because the why here is that doctors need to start considering marketing for themselves because we have become 
much too reliant on large entities marketing for us. And some of that is good, right? Some of that is good. When you come into SomiDocs and we're marketing for you, it's good because we're marketing for you as an individual. It is important for me as the founder of SomiDocs to make sure that everybody understands that they also need to create their own individual spaces, even if they're using doctorsonsocialmedia.com as a syndicate to get out their content. But market for yourself. The bad is an example of the bad is when a hospital system, right, like a private equity owned hospital system is marketing for you. That may seem good. And in the short run, it's good because they're marketing for you and they're bringing you patients as a result. But the long term bad is that, first of all, they're going to keep their content to themselves once you're gone. So if you gave an interview, if you wrote an article that goes on their website, they're going to probably take that down when you leave. And the second part of that is that people aren't going to be following you on their site individually. Patients won't be able to find you because the hospital is going to take that footprint down. And that's the crux of why every physician should build their own individual footprint online. Also, we're living in a world is so much, and that's what you tapped into that a world of marketing and branding. So it's almost like doctors. It's like the old school. They have to embrace marketing and branding and kind of awareness. And on that note, I, I just, I kind of think of hearing you talk about social media. You're giving social media a good name because you're now bringing doctors into it because so much of it has gotten a bad rap the way the kids use it, but now you're using it for the benefit of building brand and creating awareness, building their own following, which and pulling away from the the, the powers that be of the hospitals and the, the private equity. So I think that's really impressive the way you've, I get, for lack of a better phrase, given it a, a good name, social media. Yeah. It, it, again, and that's part of what I do, right? It's the fresh spin. It's that PR spin that I just happen to be really good at right. because I do feel like First of all, healthcare is important and we will always have healthcare. And secondly, the doctors within healthcare to me are one, of course, we can't minimize the other really important parts of healthcare, but doctors just happen to be who I am. I am a physician. I'm a traditionally uh, trained physician. Mm-hmm. But what I saw for so many years is was that doctors were getting drowned out and not representing their profession. And probably because not only are we shunning it and saying, well, this is a bad space, but also because we really do represent such a small number of the population, right? I mean, there's very few doctors in this world compared to other non-doctors. But I think to me, on Medicine America, we talked, I think, at least a dozen doctors so far, and each one has such an inspirational story. And yet, to your point, they're not out there telling it in an authentic way, they could be inspiring other physicians to do what they did or consideration or inspiring patients to consider other therapeutic options that could be relevant to their condition. So I agree. I think doing it in an obviously in an intelligent way, but they're missing out on great opportunities. 100%, 100%. And that's part of our mission. Again, we are trying to tackle a lot at SomiDocs, but one of the missions is not only to teach doctors how to do it themselves, but also to do it for them, to say, well, for those doctors, right? Like there's a handful that are joining us as members and are putting their names on their, our public directory and joining our pods and our community and our networking events. But there's a majority of others that aren't, but they still have amazing stories to share. So I am trying to build a really cool space where we can tell it for them, right? Mm -hmm. And just like you mentioned that really cool reel I created 
the other day that got so much traction, right? That's one of my skills. I'm talented. I'm creative. And so I am using my talent and creativity to help to promote them. Mm -hmm. And that has been a very big part of SomiDocs is promoting the brains of today, the doctors of today that may themselves be building up online brands. What do you actually do you do? Just give us a sense of like, if they want to tap into your creativity, what's the process? Yeah. Is it a one-on-one? Do they watch webinars? Do they come to a yeah. live training seminar? Nope. Nope. That's a good question. So we're a bit unique. Of course, I had the option to do that, but there's only so much time in a day and we'll see how we scale. But there's a free membership because for me, it was important to build this really incredible directory that anybody in the world could use. It's free to the public to use because for me, the journalists can now start quoting more physicians and more interesting stories, et cetera. So it was important for me to make it free for the doctors to join because mm -hmm. here the journalists aren't just now limited to connecting to only the people that pay. So that's free. But for the paying doctors that want to become a member of our community, we have networking and incubator that happen monthly where we do meet and we go over questions and we talk about feedback and the different things that we could do to improve our specific accounts. We have different portfolios on the site that can feature doctors' books and podcasts and them being speakers, etc. And then there's this new pod where we are getting together in smaller groups and really helping each other strengthen our online presence. And then there's lectures that are thrown about here and there about optimizing presence. We're holding conferences that are virtual and that are typically free for any member of SomiDocs, whether they're free or paid. So the resources are many and any listener that's interested can check it out under the healthcare professional tab of doctorsonsocialmedia.com. So you're really creating community. It's it's really nice. I mean, the, 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 to gather and the, to be a part of like from an agency to PR to a manager, you're kind of doing it all. It's like a one-stop shopping for these people. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, you know, and eventually like very politely saying, hey, could I connect with you and this and that? But sometimes you get people who are like, I need to bounce ideas. I, I need to connect with you. To and how do you really politely say, I'm so sorry, I've got 7,000 people trying <laughs> to connect with me. Yeah, it, it, uh... it's a struggle. But again, I love that it's making such an impact and I am humbled that people are reaching out to me. My goal as a, an entrepreneur who truly wants to do good is how do I sort of channel that enthusiasm and that interest and really give to everybody that's reaching out to me? I love the thing you just announced because I've been watching this for a couple of years now, which is the side hustle, side venture as a way to increase your overall revenue every year. I seem to get bombarded with lead generation offers every single day, whether it's affiliate marketing, you name it. You just launch side ventures. And I just wonder if you could tell people what that is and how they could take advantage of it. Oh, absolutely. So one of the topics on our site is side ventures, right? So our site has a magazine and it has a directory and it has like different arms. So one of the topics is side ventures. And on it, we had been publishing articles of doctors that are doing things on the side. And it's just been a hit for many years. So the natural progression was, well, let's build a community that revolves around this niche and this topic so that doctors can meet online in these communities that they're finding anyway and discuss side ventures openly. Now, 
the caveat here is that it is a Facebook group, right? As an entrepreneur, I needed to find the space where I felt like Facebook was the best, not because I love Facebook, but because that's just where everyone is at. Exactly. And then I needed to conform to Facebook's algorithm and rules. And so in creating birthing this space, which I invite your audience to join if they're doctors, in creating this space, I still needed to sort of form structure so that it's an impactful space that makes sense for doctors to click into versus the 20 million other communities that doctors are creating now. Definitely. Do you have any success stories of physicians or healthcare professionals that have started side ventures successfully that you've been involved with? Yeah. Change the name to protect the innocent. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) No, or not. Or not. not. Right. I was going to say, if they're successful, I don't Mm -hmm. think I have to. Ooh, so many. I'm just even thinking of who I can highlight first. I mean, first of all, there's the community that I am more, that I'm regularly in contact with. So that like in the pod, for example, the Somedox members that are in the pod, I see their successes much more readily because Mm -hmm. we are constantly exchanging our wins. So someone like Regina Drews is a fabulous example. She is an entrepreneur that talks about concierge medicine and is now building a brand surrounding that. I had her on Somedox as a speaker in the entrepreneurship conference that we highlighted, and she really has has slash is building more resources for the doctors that want to learn about concierge medicine. Another example is Amy Fogelman, who I helped to build a course for her expert medical witness brand that she has successfully built and is now doing it on her own. She actually, I not only consulted with her, but she was hosting it with Docs, and we were sort of co-hosting it and co-marketing it. So that is a true success story. And I highly recommend her. She is just a really nice person on the inside and also on the outside is doing a lot in that expert witness space. So those are just two examples. I mean, Dr. Mike is fabulous. I didn't work with him directly. I've been in one of his YouTube videos that featured during COVID. He's an example of someone that's really leveraged social media to his benefit and to the benefit of patients. Louis Profeta is a good friend of mine from Indianapolis. He's an ER physician who just started out kind of like writing stories as a stress relief and as a commentary. And his son went through a big medical crisis and someone recognized that he had really unique way of telling stories. And so he sort of got out there and really made an impression and became a top LinkedIn voice and continues to write and now actually speaks in front of college students because of his style. He really has this really rough style that college students connect with. So those are four success stories, people that are building and that are doing really incredible things. Although I just want to disclaimer that there's so many other doctors where they came from. Well, I also like uh, your relationship with Samuel Shem. Oh, how yes. to put the human back in medicine. <laughs> that guy's oh, a character. I, 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 absolutely. He, he adores sorry. you, too. I'm like, my yeah, God. Yeah, he, uh, he, he does. And I am so grateful. First of all, I'm grateful that I connected with him in the first place. Shout out to David Rosenblum, who's a good friend of mine and actually just saw this weekend in Miami. He's a pain doc and check out the pain exam. But Samuel Shem is an incredibly talented man yeah. that has so much good in him and wanted to so long ago change the healthcare system that I personally, it doesn't matter if you like his writing or not, because I understand that there's people that have issues with his writing. I personally consider him as a pioneer of healthcare changes that are needed. And so I was Mm -hmm. humbled to have created those two series with him and, and brought in such amazing talent to have 
a discussion on our site. I think it's great. And I think I'm sure some doctors are a little fearful of possible retribution from their employers. Is that does that come up occasionally? I know I talked to I have a friend who I've encouraged to start his own YouTube program. And he's like, I'm not so sure my large hospital system would really want me to do that. I'm like, well, if you talk to them, have you talked to them about it? Maybe they would want you to do it, you know? A hundred percent. And that comes up all the time. And my suggestion is, first of all, understand. Well, first of all, I'm not a lawyer. Secondly, understand that everybody has their own story. And so you can't really give advice, personally speaking, but I can give general advice in that, A, you always need to be transparent. So as much as I speak about doctors needing to individually build, I'm also a big proponent of being completely transparent with your employer and making sure that they understand that you are going to do X, Y, and Z. You're going to start a podcast. You're going to build a website. You're going to be talking about this. There needs to be transparency and they need to know. Now, you also, as the doctor doing it, need to make sure that you get everything in writing. And the reason is very straightforward because If what you create becomes successful and becomes a revenue stream that's significant, the hospital and the system or whoever your employer is may at any point come and say, well, I want part of the proceeds. Like I deserve a hundred percent. And and that's actually happened. I know of an example of a very large hospital system and I won't name them, but who went after the successful podcast of a physician that was working under them during the time that this was created. And again, I'm honoring HIPAA, even though this isn't a patient story, but it's important to share it. And People can certainly write in, they can ask in Dr. Side Ventures, and we even have an anonymous article on SomiDocs that was published of a physician that got that experienced retribution initially, but then sort of tweaked it enough to have the hospital honor their podcast. And that's the key, is that it may not immediately work for them, and but that's where transparency is really important. And the negotiating table is very important in that you as the doctor need to think, need to put yourself in entrepreneurial boots and say, how can what I'm doing benefit the hospital or my employer, either directly or indirectly and sell it, sell yourself. It's the exact same thing. If you negotiated your pay. I think it's also, I think you just said that and it kind of had a spark in my head, which is we talk about physician burnout to me, giving people a creative outlet where they can build their brand and help potentially inspire, mentor, educate other people, I think is really would potentially reduce their stress levels, increase their personal satisfaction. And and we don't have to tell you about mental health issues within healthcare professionals, but we know it's got a 4X suicide rate, you know, and doctors are really struggling in some areas of this country, depending on their specialty. So I think having creative outlet is certainly therapeutic. I mean, Um, you hit the nail on the head. Like I am, I couldn't have worded it better. And the truth is I've been saying it for so long, but doctors, again, it's not because we're not capable of thinking of this. It's just that we are sort of, we evolve in a box of healthcare that like, this is how it needs to be. So I think that even though I have said it again and again, we can, one of the solutions to beating burnout is building a brand, is writing, is expressing yourself, et cetera. I'm always met with these like puzzled looks. And this is the crux of, this is at least part of the crux of what we're doing is come on, like get yourself out there and you're going to start feeling better about yourself when you start to explore all the possibilities that are out there. 
the AMA certainly has been talking about this more and more as part of their new mission. They have a new president of the AMA. It's definitely part of the platform, but the question is, can they really execute against it? Yeah, know? exactly. And what's success? I mean, I, what's is it just talk or is it, exa- is it something? I mean, is it, or is it something real? Yeah, they're really going to be able to pull off. You, you know? got it. You got it. The AMA, the problem there again, like I don't know the percentage. It might be twenty percent of physicians that are currently members. I mean, we're mm-hmm. not paying our dues because we really, most of us don't feel like they are right. representing us. And the problem for me is that they have their hands dipped into so much already mm. that sometimes it presents a conflict of interest oh, to true. some degree to like showcase. Right. And that's something that I right. really pride myself on in SoMeDocs and doctors on socialmedia.com is that it doesn't matter what side of the political spectrum you're on. It doesn't matter who, what your gender is. It doesn't matter anything. Like if you are a medical doctor, like that's all it takes. And I think that's what's wrong. That's partly what's wrong with social media today is that we're trying so much to like tell each other who's wrong and who's right and who's should be verified and who shouldn't be verified. And there's always going to be people left out when you present this concept of verification. But at SomiDocs, we verify you if you are a medical doctor with an NPI. So there's no if, ands, or buts. There's no confusion here. And I don't have to stand behind what the doctor says. That's for themselves individual to stand for, right? I'm just Mm -hmm. showing that they're a doctor and that the lay public can follow them if they want, or they can follow the doctors that that doctor that's right next to them that's also been verified. I think your approach being your transparency is great because it's like, this is it. This is what we are. You're not trying to hide anything either. So it's really nice. Well, I think to me, the other thing that gets me excited is when I talk to younger doctors. Recently, I've been working in the optical area uh, as an advisor to a company and uh, talking to some optometrists. And oh my God, they are so social media driven. It's not even funny. Interesting. They yeah. are all over YouTube. There's one guy that's uh, Dr. Eye Health, and he's got hundreds of videos on basic dis- for patients to understand their eye health. And he's inspiring. He's got over a million, I think, followers already. It's a new on world. YouTube. Yeah. yeah. It's a new well, world. It's, views yeah. on it. So, so I don't know how you're going to stop that. Yeah. And listen, the younger generation, right? They right. are growing up with <laughs> these tools. You know, I can easily say that as much as I know, my sons sometimes step in and say, Mom, what are you doing? You need to do it like this. And I'm like, <laughs> right. Oh my God, right. you blew my that. mind. <laughs> right. So, well, I mean, it's like a resume. If you don't need a resume anymore, it's your social media that's going to be your resume. Yeah. yeah. Oh, 100%. And what are you doing with footprint. it and what yes. are you doing with it that's productive and inspiring and innovative to help other people whether it's raising money whether it's teaching other people who knows a million different ideas come to bear but and i love that and that's the point of like this weekend i gave a lecture that was about like why should you build a website for example and i went mm-hmm. through the different types of website one being a portfolio where you're just kind of setting up a static website that has where people can reach you, what some of your right. really amazing work is. And that mm-hmm. serves like a CV or like a card. <laughs> and anybody landing there could just either hire you or get in touch with you or whatever it is that your endpoint goals are. And find, and find a way to stand out because a lot of noise out there. And what's key is them knowing your credentials there because I state the obvious. There's so many people that are getting on YouTube just talking about some health thing, have no background. Yep. And you, you're going, wait a minute. And people are following this person. And it's scary. So it's key to have that. You are, are openly out there in your credentials and it's all that makes it easier to really embrace your approach. 
Yeah. And that's why I originally built the directory. This whole thing started sort of with the directory. We called it initially a data bank, but it's a directory where anyone in the public who is like, you know what, I'm tired of just landing on this health advice. And I don't know, like, right, like on Instagram, it's just based on money. It's based on who pays the most that shows up on your algorithm. Right. Well, SoMeDocs is different because Everybody that's in our directory has been a verified doctor. And that's not to say that I'm not going to open up other directories, but the medical doctor directory is going to stay a medical doctor directory. And anybody that wishes to start following actual folks that have earned medical degrees, again, I can't bet what they, right? because that's a different kind of goal and, and a different kind of business venture, but they can at least go to this directory and use our really unique filters on the side. And they can find whoever it is that they need. So if they either have a loved one that maybe has a specific illness, let's say you have a loved one that has a dermatologic illness, then you can choose the dermatology filter. And I I think it's also helping them, which I'm sure you're doing already, which is really how do you build an audience, right? Yeah. Just for this podcast, we spend a lot of time every single week talking about how we're going to get the word out. Totally. I'm sophisticated. I've been doing digital health for 20 years now. And when I'm going to look up a new doctor and trying to find information about him or her, I go to the hospital.com, right? It gives me kind of the basics. And then there's the review sites, which I don't really trust because there's usually not a lot of reviews. And usually it's only the negatives that appear because those are the people that have something to say. So I think I'm still feeling like that for the patient. It's not a good user experience looking at what the doctor is doing. Yeah, you know, that's and, actually and you don't get a feel yeah. for them. It's like, is this person really empathetic? Is this really a doctor that's going to care? Yeah. Well, that's, find that's... that out today. You can ask no. your friends in a social group and say, hey, anybody know about Dr. Smith? Depending on who answers, you may get a very biased view. Well, everyone um, has their own experiences. Right. right. Exactly. So, I mean, I remember a, a, this is an interesting story that I remember a time when my husband, himself a physician, he was practicing and he basically one of our children was very ill. I mean, very. I'm talking like hospital ill. And my husband cut his day short because it was an emergency, like he needed to go and visit or whatever it was. And someone's visit was rescheduled, was canceled or rescheduled. And I'm not sure that the staff told the patient why, because they didn't want to sort of betray my husband's trust. They didn't know if maybe they should share some of that, the personal details of my husband's life. The person took it so offensively that he was rescheduled and like bad mouth, maybe wrote a bad review. I don't remember the exact things. Right. But it just shows you that like one instance in time, if you don't have the context or the details, yeah, like imagine he went and he wrote a review that, you know, is then seen by hundreds of thousands. And we all know what really makes it viral on what becomes viral on social media are the negative things. And that's kind of scary. And so what I wanted to say, as you were talking, is that when I lectured this weekend, one of the most powerful parts of my lecture was that we control the narrative where it comes to online searches. So if you are not online or not even considering having a digital footprint or a digital presence, then you're letting others basically control your narrative. And that's a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I think that reputation management is just critical and should doctors should be you know, spending money or through their organizations to somehow get access to that. That's critical. Switching gears a little bit on a, there's so much medical technology coming our way. It's here already. What are things that you're excited about or on the flip side, what should we be concerned about? I mean, we've been reading 
ad nauseum about artificial intelligence and doctors and medicine. You're in the midst of a huge network of doctors. What are you hearing about this? What I think is going to be fantastic where it comes to AI is the treatments that could come about in the future, obviously. And I think nobody could disagree that if AI could be used to find new treatments, that would be Mm -hmm. absolutely incredible. Similarly, if we could speed up some things, for example, that are maybe slower, I mean, anything like even getting bloods back, right? If we could have an answer for our blood work in few minutes as opposed to a few days, then that translates, right? That translates Mm -hmm. into really beneficial outcomes. But the bad is many things that I am worried about because if you have watched any episodes of Black Mirror, (laughs) then you're probably familiar, right? With all the bad things that could happen. And one of the biggest worries I have is the first of all, is the impersonations, is the ability for AI to sort of impersonate us and to then get away with things that are criminal. You know, I've seen it happen in the general public where, for example, someone disguises the voice of a loved one, like a child, and then calls the parent using the voice of the child and asks for a large sum of money. And that's happening a lot lately. And I actually know people who have been duped who have you know, given who have lost money. And yeah, and and that's the impersonations. Now it's worse because if you've seen deep fake, right, if you've seen like those videos of Tom Cruise (laughs) circulating where it literally looks like Tom Cruise, but he's doing things that clearly Tom Cruise does not do. It's literally sick to watch this human doing it, thinking it's the human, but it's not the human. So that worries me. And it could obviously step into healthcare. It could, someone could impersonate a doctor and extract money out of an unsuspecting patient or mistreat them or do all kinds of bad things. Is regulation a good thing or a bad thing in terms of, because there's a lot of discussion about increasing government regulation over AI. Obviously, Google and Epic are going to fight it because they see a lot of what you just pointed out in terms of efficiencies. Right. But I think they're, to your point, the criminal aspect of it, the biases that potentially could be inherent in that code base for a need for regulation. So I think that's that's what we're going to see over the next 12 to 24 months is how do you manage AI development? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I, I said it a long time ago and I say it today. We have as much as I love freedoms, we need some form of regulations. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's, yeah, it's yeah. a blur. I mean, it's a blurred line. It's not black or white. Of course, I believe people should be free to speak, but I don't necessarily think that pedophilia should be out there unregulated, right? Right, right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's. I, I do think it's topic dependent to decide if something should be regulated or not and how much regulation there should be. But there's not only no question in my mind long ago. And I remember even my husband laughed at me for saying it. But I said, you just watch. You think it's funny now. I said to him, I see a bleak future for our children who are being unreg- who There's no regulation for children using this really scary space. And it really is the equivalent of their landing in a new planet and having like no oversight. We need to somehow figure out how to regulate 
our children because there's just this really negative impact as a whole. And we're not just seeing suicides increasing in healthcare and in the doctor space, but we're seeing yeah. it increasing in children, et cetera. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. No question. Yeah. It is yeah. scary. And I mean, who regulates and how does that happen and what, sure. to what extent sure. that's the, the challenge? Course. Yeah. Agreed. Well, we've taken up a lot of your time. Yeah. It's, it's been amazing. I think we've probably talked for a couple hours, but uh, <laughs> we're, definitely. Uh, anything else? First of all, I want to tell you guys that I'm really enjoying this. So I just want to tell you both that it's been such an engaging conversation. And obviously, and many people may not know this listening, it just may seem seamless, but to be a podcast host is not easy. And I think that some podcast hosts just do it better than others. Obviously, it's key, in my opinion, to find questions that the guest is passionate about, but just mm -hmm. also to keep the conversation flowing. So I'm appreciative yeah, in this of podcast Thank of that. You. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Coriel. We really appreciate your comments. If you want to learn more about Somi Docs, go to doctorsonsocialmedia.com and sign up to participate. And you can also follow Dr. Coriel and Somi Docs on all the major social platforms. If you enjoyed this episode of Medicine in America, we have a lot more episodes coming. So please subscribe in your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to rate and review the show. And also please tell your colleagues and friends about it. I'm your host, Anthony Manson, along with my co-host, Todd Harrington. Until next time. If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Beyond the Paper Gown, hosted by Dr. Mitzi Krakover, helps people think critically about women's health issues encouraging them to question and explore the complexities of healthcare systems, scientific advancements, and societal norms. There's a really cool episode that you should check out called Midday Menopause App, and that's about how AI and sensor technology can provide personalized interventions to manage menopause symptoms effectively. Check out Beyond the Paper Gown on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.